1: Slightly favours the right footer here, but Griffiths, having got the goal, goes again!
0: Oh. quick that tries it, don't know, long we over, oh, what a goal! what a oh. Oh. It. It's Lucius McCulloch, saved it in! Barry Ferguson does race again, and it's there! On the 33 caps is more than a respectable haul for any Scottish footballer, but this week's guest reckons he should have had around double that. Jackie McNamara was part of the last team to represent Scotland at a major tournament and he sat down with me, Andy Barge, to look back over his international career as well as assess the current setup around the national team. A great guest today on the Hamden Roar podcast. I'm sitting here with Jackie McNamara, capped 33 times for Scotland. you ready for a wee jog down memory lane, yep, Jackie?
1: absolutely, yeah
0: there uh, for anyone who might not know what are you doing just now though
1: just now um I'll look after a few few players um I've got a mentor them. i don't I'll say they like, i don't know the, the word agents are a good word but I prefer like looking after them and I've done it as a manager you know trying to advise them on their careers and um, give them advice and actually enjoying it you know I'm yep. enjoy watching football for a while i've been the last few years i've I've not enjoyed it um be a wee bit bitter about certain things but just now, it's 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 good to go and watch game football yeah. <laughs> without any, I suppose attachments. It's without a, the
0: pressures of the touchline, is
1: it? It's <laughs> not so, the the pressure. I never to say the pressure was never d- there for me. It was more the frustration mm-hmm. because um, uh, I love playing football. Uh, management, I enjoy wee bits of it, but nothing beats playing. Absolutely. Well, let's go back to the very, very beginning
0: then, when you were growing up, born in October nineteen seventy-three. So, what are your earliest memories of the
1: Scottish national team? Oh, well, my dad was my dad was a big, a big lover of the, the national team. And growing up, he took us to a few games. I was at the game. Uh, I used to watch Douglas was my hero growing up. Um, I watched him cut a few a few games. When again it was against Wales, mm-hmm. uh, Hamden. And the other one I remember going was a qualifier when McIvenney scored against Australia. It's a playoff, was it? It's a playoff, yeah. You yeah. you saw the goal and I was at that game. Um my dad actually got lifted that game. I ended not going get him round <laughs> did <place>. he do? <laughs> he wouldn't stand stand, we were he lifted us up to, to see it. We were in uh, behind the goals and he was lifting us up and Usually my dad, someone says something to him. It was the guys to, to, to get away from the I/O, and they just went too far and they, they took him away. <laughs> so did you just watch the game yourself? I stood with, his, with Ralph Callaghan, my brother, and he took a run to get him after the game. <laughs> 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 but to be honest, I was more focusing on the game. It was a massive game, and my dad was just trying to get us to see it. And he, he put me out and he said, oh, "Again, I wasn't the biggest even back then, but he was trying to get me to look at the game." and... You know, it was, and they had all the barriers as well. Yeah. So it was uh, a. <laughs> it's quite a memory.
0: <laughs> so Douglas was the number one for you then? Yeah. and else in the Scotland team that you looked up to?
1: Um, I think when you're a kid, there's always just the one main one. Isn't mm. it? You know, the, I think we always had some good players and you, you looked at but you know, there were games you watched, some of the goals that Charlie Nicholas scored. You know, he scored a few crackers as well. Um, but when you're a kid, you look at goals rather than. Yeah, defenders. I think as you get older, you you see defenders more, or it's your position. But Douglas, some of his goals for Scotland, to and there, uh, it was just it was just brilliant.
0: Yeah. Did you have any ambitions then when you were growing up and getting involved in football to go on and play for Scotland?
1: Yeah, I think every kid does. Um, you know, everybody goes through. and you know, I'd love to play there. I'd love to do that. And um, you know, when I was it was going through and boys' clubs and 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 different things and. All my pals were playing Scotland under 14s, 15s, 16s, all the way up. I was smaller, and you know, I I never got anywhere near Scotland. I going to a trial when I was at Dunfermline, I think we don't know if it was under 17s or 18s, but it was already picked before we turned up. Um, Was your confidence ever damaged in that respect? No, I think if anything, you know. Uh, it gave me more determination and I think that's something I've had my whole career, was to prove people wrong. Um Hibbs when they let me go at, at, at you know, fourteen, fifteen, the age my son is now, and said I was too small and um, had a double leg break at fifteen and I was out for seven months, uh, which was a tough one, especially when my pals were going full time yeah, at sixteen. It have been easy. Then uh Dunfimland took a chance on me, it was the old uh, old scout from Edinburgh. He convinced Jim Leishman just before he passed away that um, to give me a chance, and you know he would he would fund it to give me the opportunity, and thankfully he did. And you know I spent some five great years at Dunfermline. Mm-hmm.
0: So did you play for Scotland at youth level at all before the twenty ones? No, no, no. Twenty
1: ones was my first my first stint with Scotland.
0: You were at Dunfermline at that point, so it must have been pretty good to be called up at the club you came through at.
1: Yeah, it was a. a, a th- you know, at that time, I, again, because we were in the the championship, well, League One, it used to be then. Uh, most of the team, most of the boys, were all in the Premier League at big clubs. Although they weren't playing, I was playing week in week out with them. Film and um, you know, it was guys there that as I said they weren't even getting any first team, real first team experience, but they were picked. It was a two long tournament, or there was the the qualifiers and. You know, it wasn't until later on I established myself in the twenty ones, I scored uh, not long before I went to Celtic, uh, against Greece at Rugby yeah. Park. And uh, I had a good game and I think that at that point I was in the verge of moving, you know, from Dunfermline. You know, I, I was confident in my, myself at that point and they had been a bit interesting for the last wee while with Dunfermline, and you know, that kinda helped me.
0: Who was with you in the under twenty ones then? Did you have anybody that you were particularly
1: pally with? Yeah, Stevie Crawford was my roommate then and he was, I was done filming. he was Rafe Rovers mm-hmm. um, you know, I have a bit of, as I say, we're still good friends to this day and, and I met first met Simon Donnelly who was sort of, to be one of my best pals mm-hmm. in football and we've done a lot since with, in football and obviously in friendship with our wife and kids and, um, and I met him at the Toulon tournament right. Right before I went to Celtic I was still at filming at the time and got on well with him and a few months later I moved to Celtic which helped <laughs> me settle in when I went in there. Uh, later four or five months later it helped me, you know, get involved with him and uh, it was a friendly face in addressing him Any standout memories from your
0: time with the under twenty ones?
1: I think the obviously that getting my goal against Greece was a good game and then, uh, we played in the European Championships uh, in Barcelona, ninety six. Um and then it's not till you look back later on and you see the teams that was to get there was some achievement for us to get there. Mm-hmm. We beat a lot of good teams in the way. Um, Greece was on the way to that. And we beat Greece, but then in the finals and uh, obviously the national team were playing Euro '96. But we we were based with the championships in Barcelona, and it was down to the last four, which was ourselves, Spain, France, and Italy. Wow and then you look you look back now the teams, the players in the teams it was just Did they go on to become oh, superstars? It's Macaulay, it's all the top players Perez um, France you know Cannavaro for Italy uh, and it's players you're looking at now Mandetta Spain so Did you play Peña, against these guys then? Yeah the first game we, we played uh, Spain it was De La Pena Raul huh. uh, Carranca was the manager in Middlesbrough and you know, Mendieta, as I said uh, Larden, I was up against Laden. so they beat us one, one, two, one, I think and then the, so that we lost that they went into the final against Italy and we played France the third and fourth playoffs but they had, they were they were a good side right. you Todd, as I said Macaulay it was right through their whole team they were just if you look, if you look at it now Oliver de Coeur Players that special. went on to At the top level. Yeah, I was. I remember playing against it was Robert Perez down my side, <laughs> and I didn't obviously know anything about him, but yeah. I just remember chasing him back, and he was just he was very, very quick.
0: See, he was, see, I always remember Perez is quite an elegant player rather yeah. than pace and power. Would that be accurate? Yeah, um,
1: very much so. As I said, because he's like that, and he's, he's, he's very upright, how he runs. Um, he just kind of glides and you're, you're sprinting and you're sure. getting nowhere closer to him and you realise how quick they are mm-hmm. um, quite deceiving dis- very deceiving yeah. I think yeah Armstrong was like that Stuart Armstrong yeah. was like that you know he, he's very upright when he how he runs but he's quick you know, they, move, they move through the, the gears very quickly and that, you know, it looks effortless at times yeah. uh, whereas we're grunting and <laughs> putting everything in <laughs> so I get an extra bit of speed
0: Let's discuss your transition to the full team then. Before you made your debut were you ever in any squads but didn't make it onto the pitch?
1: Yeah, I was in the... it was away in Austria. I I was in the squad and uh, I didn't make the bench. That was my first trip. Um, Was that expected though? um, I suppose you never know, yeah. yeah, You're put in the squad and it's it's great to be involved but again you want to to get a, a cap, you want to feature and you get your debut out of the way you know mm-hmm. it's um, obviously my dad and that travelled to all the games at the time they went to all the 21 games but they used to go to the, they see the national team as well so obviously they were all there uh, but I didn't, I didn't uh, obviously feature um,
0: Must have been very good to be a part of it and be called up though Yeah recognition it was. of what you were beginning to achieve
1: Yeah at that time as I said it was Craig was very much for older senior players he liked to experience he loved to experience players and players that that um, he trusted, uh, you know, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of young players that he he, he brought through. You know, he put in the national team, um, even though most of the World Cup squad as well. But no, it was it was great to be involved in. So did he keep in touch with you to let you know
0: that you are in his plans potentially going forward?
1: No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Never, never that one for that. Um, Craig, you know, he he would do his bit and. Name his team and everything else and go through the opposition he didn't really go through much else
0: Would it have been hard for him to ignore you though given that you went on to win young player of the year and you were making an impression in Scotland even though you're saying he wasn't one to really mm-hmm. prioritise the younger players would it have been yeah, I think remiss not because
1: to? you're playing old firm at that point and then you're, um, you're playing week in week out to a good standard and you know at that point who was the right back probably Stuart McKimmy Aberdeen, you Aberdeen know, but he, again he'd played a lot of games for him and experienced um, you know, and Craig had changed his system and went to a, a five at the back if you like and mm-hmm. Craig Burley started played Craig Burley there after McGimmy and Burley featured a lot at uh, right wing back and he liked him there um, but he liked as he said he liked a bit of height you know and uh, obviously my height wasn't, wasn't uh, not the biggest for Craigside but I got my debut away at uh, Latvia in the qualifiers which we won 1-0 on the road to the World Cup um, but it was just great to get on uh, and get my debut and get that over and done with
0: Are you nervous then in the touchline as nah. you're prepared to come on?
1: Nah to be honest it's one thing that I, um, I think you know when I got to the games maybe the build up to when I was younger build up to the games we were Massive games, the old firm games or European games. I'd maybe think about it before and get a wee bit nervous. But as I got older, I used to be able to channel things. And um, but I was always okay when I got to the stadium. Never got nervous. Mm-hmm. But I just once I went out to do my warm up. That was me. I was kind in the zone, if you like. Do you remember anything about the game in
0: particular? It was Christian Daly. You came on for with fifteen minutes to go. So was it a blur or was it very much? A slow, slow um,
1: no. It was, uh, it was. I mean, it wasn't a classic game. It was away in Latvia it wasn't a classic. It was just, it was. It did go quite quickly, to be honest. Um, and just, just that uh, feeling the pride after my, my, used to play for my country. What like every other kid would, mm-hmm. would, would, think. You know, and want, want more of it.
0: Your dad must have been chuffed.
1: Yeah. Uh, they were. As I said, they were very, uh, very proud. And um,
0: he wasn't lifted in Latvia, was he? No,
1: <laughs> maybe uh, he was flying himself, he used to uh, his son playing with Scotland, but um, that was a great, great, a great moment.
0: Well, you played in the opening three games of that campaign, but then didn't feature for the remainder of it. What happened there?
1: I don't know to be honest. I think, um, as I said, Craig, Craig like uh, certain ones in certain positions. I was starting. My first start was going to, was against Estonia away, which. The infamous Is game. That the yeah, I remember off. speaking to, uh, see my wife the night before, done the team, and I was starting. I was so excited to get my first start, yeah. and, um, lo and behold, I never turned up. <laughs> I never put a foot wrong in the game, <laughs> um, so I had to wait for my next uh, starting debut, which was Sweden at Ibrox, mm-hmm. which we won. Uh, John McGinley scored, That's right. won and Jim Layton was unbelievable. But we played, I played the right wing back I thought I did okay But he subbed me At half time And never said anything
0: That um, leaves you wondering A
1: wee bit Yeah Because yeah, you look at your own performance And um, you know, As a player I was very self-critical um, Which I think Is quite a good thing I was never too hard on myself But we, uh, With the national team I just felt There was there's maybe a pressure To for him to play me because of Celtic or because I was right. playing well in the club but not actually really wanting that's obviously the impression that I felt you know the amount of squads that he picked me in or even the World Cup when I was playing a year in Scotland I got the impression before I even went there that I wasn't one of his ones that mm-hmm. he started a living that he wanted to play just but certain things he, he went about and how he said things to me and in, in, in friendlies away in America when played Colombia. you know just little things what, there, did, he, what got, did he tell you? Yeah, uh, it was it was a bit um, it was a bit disappointing just a wee bits after the game about you know taking touches of the ball or you're not know, playing against such and such now kind of thing, but he was paving way you know it was that was the the friendlies before we got to the World Cup you know obviously we know what happened with Andy Gorham and he went away right. home and so a lot of things kind of happened in that that spell although I was player in PFA player in Scotland. With, Probably one of our biggest achievements with coins yeah. and Loudropes and Larsons in the league, mm-hmm. but for Craig, you know, uh, didn't quite he didn't tick did the box. didn't tick the box for him pre- to start the opening game the World Cup against Brazil. He wanted Burley, right wing back, or Christian on the left. He wanted tight, mm-hmm. he wanted out and out. I didn't obviously see me as an out and out defender, but you know, I was disappointed not to feature. You know, he'd bring on Tosh McKinley who hadn't really played for us that whole season at Celtic but you step back thinking well it's because he played more of a part than myself to get to the World right. Cup and he brought on Billy McKinley and um, I'm going well we need to win the game now to change it and I thought I could have No, I don't see he could have but you know what I mean he thought he had more, more chance to do that than the others um, which happened in the second game you know I came on he put Craig yeah. Burley in one and we were getting beat one now and we end up drawing I thought I did okay when I came on
0: good impact yeah so do you ever go to Craig with these concerns then or anybody in the management team
1: Uh, no no because it's it's, there's no point um, with certain things there but I mean I'd been in a lot of squads uh, I had 33 caps but you know and then obviously when Craig went and different managers come in um, the last game against Morocco I didn't have a great game but I thought we were defending most of the game Distribution, their passing wasn't on it. Craig Bulley got sent off, I get subbed, and that was out. I was at the World Cup, you know. Um, Do you chat to Craig about it? Because he would have been your teammate at that point
0: of the season before you played well, pretty he, well. He
1: didn't want to play there. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to play wing back. He wanted to play where he played all year and scored, I think, 16 or 18 goals for he, Celtic. In your
0: mind, he was better centrally as yeah,
1: well? Yeah, yeah. Aye, my mind and his mind, I'd, I'd played wing back. For Celtic against Liverpool and Dunwell scored against Liverpool in the mm-hmm. Ever Cup, so it, was, it wasn't like a position that I couldn't play. You know, I had played it. I had played it in the fun games, um, which for me, you know, the Liverpool game is just as high, yeah, as international. Was there much
0: discussion in the media about it? Do you remember this? Of course, now we've got the Robertson and Tierney conundrum. Was there the Burley and McNamara conundrum back then? <laughs>
1: I think there's you never it's it's not like it is now, it's because it's there's more there's more to say now. You know, the, the media is, it was more friends in the media back then. Now it's the media's social media, there's everywhere you turn. So everybody has a voice, everybody mm-hmm. has an opinion. Which would have been different then but um and football is all about opinions, you know, and that's that's the beauty of it. But for me, as I said, a personal point of view, you look at your own your own game, your own performance, and disappointing not to, to have been involved in the, the first game.
0: Did you expect to be in the World Cup squad, though, given the season you'd had? Even if you weren't sure yeah. you'd be involved mm-hmm. in every game, yeah. you feel expected to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. How yeah. do you how do you find that out? A World Cup squad, of course. You're waiting like,
1: so uh, waiting like everybody else. Yeah. Waiting like everybody else, but before they build up to it, uh, decided, I had to I knew. I banged my knee with Celtic, and they played through it right through to for us to stop Rangers winning ten in a row. We won the league and stopped mm-hmm. it, but there was certain points there that he took me away. We played France and Saint Etienne, and, and my wife was expecting her first child and all that at the time, and I wasn't stripped and I was really angry. You know that was a few months forward there, and I went away and with different problems uh, with children, with, with car and stuff, and I would, I wasn't happy being away from him, but to not even be stripped or involved and this was like, you know, uh, seven or eight months before the World Cup itself. So I was, I was disappointed with that. Did
0: Did you ask to stay at home in that or? No, no,
1: no, no. Um, but you know, it, near enough at the start um, when I f- first broke into the Scotland squad, I missed a He pickman me in the squad, uh, and I pulled out because my wife had a miscarriage, and. Um he told the media off the record. I hadn't even told my family. So I was a wee bit angry about that, um how he how he done that. Uh, and they were phoning me up, wanting to say things and so then I have to go round there because of my, the problems we had, you know, having to justify to family members and stuff. Just how he did but again, it's the the media side of it, because the people in the media mm. was nothing gets kept secret.
0: Yeah. So is it fair to say then, despite your early successes at club level your breaking into the international team was, was harder for you?
1: Ah, very much so you had to you know as I said there's there's pressure because you're playing the old firm and playing week in week out and he's putting somebody out of position to play your position you know it doesn't fill you with confidence that he has in you mm-hmm. um, but as I said I'd, 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 say, I'd see Craig and, Craig and he's not a bad guy you know um, it's just his opinion. Just uh, sometimes, I suppose, between a
0: certain player and a manager on a professional level, it doesn't click fully. Yeah,
1: he yeah. yeah. said it's, it's, it's opinions. I Maybe mean, see me more uh, uh, attacking. He like their big guys for set pieces and you know, playing a certain way and defending a certain way and catching the breaks. We got through. We win we one nils or you know with dogged performances mm-hmm. rather than attacking. I was attacking player. Uh, maybe not one of his, you know, favourites.
0: Before we move on from the World Cup, it would be it's nice to dwell on the the glory days, isn't it? So yeah, nice I know, to, I, let's I chat know. about the yeah. the Brazil game. When you are walking out of the tunnel and taking your place on the bench, as it was in that game, when do you realise, or when does it sink in, what you're a part of? here?
1: before the game, we walked out. Yeah, we walked out to look at the pitch and we had, it was absolutely boiling, um, and we had the Celts on. Huh. We, Sweating buckets. <laughs> <laughs> We went over And seen all the Scotland fans there And looking for The family members And it was brilliant You know It was absolutely Brilliant to be Involved in um, You know, see Seeing your, your People you know And all your friends there Yeah uh, it, was, it was great to be Involved in And The uh, stuff coming out With the Brazilian team You look at their team Coming out um, You know and There's, there's a set things there That it just Brings back memories that, You know it how Craig would talk about the opposition or you know even we came out for the start of the game I'm obviously I'm sub and uh, we're all lined up traditional Scottish fashion uh, just in a single line mm-hmm. ready to go out and bazillions are lined up like the other way all holding hands tuning, right. tuning the all they're all immaculate yellow strips <laughs> on. and we Craig's walked past us he's wailing, he's, he went look at them they're effing shiting themselves <laughs> <laughs> and then, they were anything but that, <laughs> yeah. you know because these guys are you know the real Ronaldo yeah um, best in the world at that point he was the best in the world at that point yeah he had Carlos he had, Rivaldo you know, Rivaldo Bebeto mm-hmm. um, and it was just you know uh, so I, obviously I didn't get on in the final whistle and um, Uh, I actually went into the Brazilian dressing room to swap strips I got Babeto strip but at that point Craig had spotted that the Brazilian subs were doing running and they thought we should be doing it but I was already in the Brazilian dressing room so Simon (laughs) Simon and a few others Craig spotted them and ended up doing some running back and forth which obviously I didn't know about so I was sitting in the Scotland dressing room after (laughs) with my Babeto strip on (laughs) (laughs) and Simon's come in still with Scotland strip on sweating I was like where did you go and I was like no dissidence. <laughs> so he you're mingling okay. with the stars. He didn't manage to get a strip. Uh, so <laughs> you still cool. got it. Oh yes, right. yes. Treasured so item. I used to wear it just to wind him up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what does Craig Brown say to you and the rest of the team to get you psyched up for a game like that?
1: His psychology was, I think, everybody was scared of Scotland. He, you know, he's, right. he was different from what I'd experienced or ever experienced. You know, he would put the opposition down to us mm-hmm. but we weren't stupid you know <laughs> Like, he's not very good or he's not very good or he's too small or he's not fast and like he just sometimes just you know I wouldn't pay that to I know what he was trying to do you know yeah. to say like everybody wants to be scared to play against Scotland you're a good side to big us up but his psychology was a bit different for what I was used to. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: Norway game as you said you came on at 1-0 down and um, we had a good impact I think it's fair to say We came back And drew 1-1 one, one. Was there real belief After that game That going into Morocco We could make it To the next round
1: Yeah I think the, I, I think That was The Morocco game um, But again they, they weren't really A household name Morocco And that's That's always been Our downfall I feel with Scotland it's, Even to this day Is when we're favourites It doesn't sit well With us When expectations there We've always been better As underdogs Up against it mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I think, that's why we've never qualified since. Because um,
0: there's always a game, as we saw, well, as we saw in Kazakhstan, for example, in Georgia. Down the years, there's yeah. always seems to be one against the lesser yeah,
1: countries. Yeah, Georgia was the one we, under Gordon that killed us. You know, uh, changed a few, changed a few things over. And um, but the expectation there that you know wasn't the, the other games that uh, that us It was that that was the ones. Uh, Kazakhstan, as you said, that was. The fallout from the Kazakhstan game has been pretty um, severe because of the result, performance, and where they are.
0: We'll touch more on Kazakhstan and the current situation at the end of the podcast. But touching on the Morocco game again, did you get brought on after Craig Burley's red card?
1: No, I started. Or did you start? Yeah, starting the game, right? yeah, okay. I, the game right. I took off after the red card. I think. Is that just a reshuffle then? Yeah, it was. It was a tough game. You know, even at half time, I remember. Mean, a bit of argy-bargy and the dressing, people shouting at each other for not doing this or really? arguing yeah. Just people you know deflecting and a couple of players arguing with each other
0: but um, who, who who was quite bad for that in the Scotland team but I suppose
1: I think it's senior players, you know that I think I just remember uh, I think John Collins had a kind of ding dong way Kevin, uh, Kevin might Kevin Gallagher? I think it was Kevin Gallagher I. just about one of the incidents and it was, just, it was just frustrations because of the first half performance you know we didn't I don't think we really got going at all and in fairness they weren't a good side mm-hmm. you know Chippo, mm-hmm. uh Hadji yeah. they were a good side but we didn't really uh, know a lot about them obviously Craig had as well drilled on them but in terms of people back here because I'm not playing in uh, England or in Scotland nobody knows about them yeah, Is it ignorance almost? Yeah, it's, always been, it's always been the case you know um, guys that came over to Scotland like look Moravchik you know when he came over at the 33 <laughs> it was unbelievable everybody in France everybody knew him you know Zidane talked about him as his favourite player yeah. and, but you're like who's this old guy coming over <laughs> the media and then until you see him playing you're like jeez you know special It must
0: have been a sickener in the Morocco game to go 2-0 down just after the break does that take any wind that was there out the sails.
1: Yeah, and they, it gives them a real shot in the arm as well. And they, as I said, they were a good side. They were sharp, um, they were quick, strong. Like when you get to that next level, most of the, the players are and the teams are. You know, you need to you need to be better at certain things. there. The, I always maintained Champions League that I played in my career mm-hmm. was higher than international. All right. You know, and the, the energy levels and the concentration levels. You know, when they got places like Barcelona. Mm-hmm was the ultimate for ninety minutes to or ninety plus minutes whatever it finished, um to go places like that compared to international. But um, but I suppose you maybe sometimes you feel you're playing with better players mm-hmm. with your your, your yeah. club team okay. than you have international. And I generally f- felt that.
0: So did you feel though that Scotland was a a capable side though, um around that time?
1: Yeah, I thought it we was capable, um Definitely, I think we're good enough players and I always have to be honest I've always, even even just now people say well we don't produce the players we don't, uh, they're not good enough and I don't buy that I've always maintained that they've been good enough um, just certain things that need to do, do better or change, you know to give that mentality that they strip it all back and you look at all the, the other teams that have emerging that were Way down the rankings mm-hmm. because I've stripped it back and done it properly.
0: Yeah. When you reflect on the World Cup then in ninety eight, must have been some experience. How do you look back on it?
1: Yeah, it's great to be involved, and in. um, I think that's you know been part of it. You know, at the time you didn't, I never for a million years thought this is going to be the last tournament. You know, you're thinking two thousand uh, Euros and in two thousand two in Japan. I remember Craig, uh, Craig Brown saying there was a couple of boys doing the hampers and helping out for experience um, they had Mark Birchow and Paul Gallagher Ciaran McInnesby and, uh, and Craig said oh Birchow McInnesby Gallagher McNamara Donnelly and I'm like 2002 in mm-hmm. Japan and I'm going do you mean Japan here played a year here in Scotland here mm-hmm. you know it was just just wee things like that you go right I was obviously younger really. What age what, what were you at that point in 24, 25? 24, aye, right? coming up for 25 but uh, again, that's quite old now that's, You're supposed to be a- approaching your peak at that yeah, stage yeah. yeah, at that time it's quite but you know, that was the youngest in the squad Simon was a year younger than me but he never featured at all mm-hmm. then you had, I think the other one's Christian Daly who's a day older than me. Right, but we were the youngest. The rest of them are all two, three, four, five, ten year older.
0: So were you quite stunned then that you didn't play in any of the Euro 2000 qualifiers and the subsequent playoff against England?
1: Yeah, well, the, the England one, the England one, he pulled me before the playoffs um, at Hamden. You know, I was looking forward to it, and he said to me he wasn't going to start me or involve me at Hamden. He was going to keep me for Wembley. <laughs> and obviously we lost 2-0 at uh, Hamden and then we got to Wembley and I wasn't even stripped so I was uh, as you can imagine I was quite angry at the time uh, should I be with my frustrations after it uh, to Craig? Uh, just in general yeah just because I'd, I'd what, what do you mean? We uh, We just coming back in the aeroplane and stuff I had a cup of drinks and stuff and I wasn't happy just uh, you know let be known I wasn't happy. To the management? Just in general, yeah, in the plane. Because as I said, to be told you're playing and not you're not playing because of the Saturday we're keeping you for that, then to not even be stripped. You know, at that time I was uh, I was coming out of contract at Celtic as well. I had people watching me and I wasn't sure I was going to be staying at Celtic, you know, see new managers come and change and so it was it was quite a transitional bit for me in my mm. career. Um, but when he said to me, say at it, Hamden uh, and I felt watching the game I could have done something in the game. You know, school's got the two of them. But I, again, I always felt when I watched the game that I could influence it defensively. I just like you're injured.
0: So if you like when you let the management team know that I'm not happy with this, um, I was told that I'd be playing at Wembley. Then I'm not even on the bench. How do they respond? No, to I, do they have ha- do they have to remain authoritative or do they listen to your
1: concerns? No, no just, just nothing. No, that no, 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 nothing. They said they wouldn't to be. Ah, there's no point in going and seeing it in the Craig because it just made another an, an excuse or say something different, or I, I decided to do this or changed it. But um, I, again, that was a big disappointment to me because of how it was done. Mm-hmm. You know, if they hadn't said anything, i have been just just as angry. But it's because um, but how it was done was, was strange.
0: So when Craig Brown left, then because we didn't play in the. 2002 qualifiers either which I suppose compounds it but when Craig Brown left yeah, uh, in late 2001 did you feel right this is a positive move for my international yeah. career
1: yeah I did I, I think but again so he came in and made, picked his first squad and I wasn't involved so and I was playing can, week in week out for Celtic and yeah. going well who's he speaking to who's right. you know how can you <laughs> yeah. how can you overlook when you're playing guys that Again at that point the other ones that were coming in um, I felt they weren't as good as me or, or playing at a, a proper level you know playing it. as you play there and you get experience I think it's a bit like what it is now when you see players the Celtic players um, they experience the game with playing Champions League mm-hmm. or European games and you see that when you look at other boys that maybe are playing a team that's maybe finishing the third or fourth in the league you go and put them into a They've no playing in the European games. Mm-hmm. You put them in the national games and they, like fish out of water. And it's you know that's the the comparisons are the are so so different from normal league games in Scotland.
0: Has it ever spoken about in the club dressing rooms? Then maybe some of your teammates will poke fun at you or have a laugh. of Aye, I
1: used to get angry and say, "Look, I'm not going back. What's the point?" You know, a, a lot of times because you're away for a number of times away for the family at first child 98, uh, next one uh, one, Erin was, was born 98 and she's growing up and you're away, because you're away travelling with, with Celtic anyway and you're away a lot mm-hmm. and you're away for four or five, but sometimes over a week mm-hmm. with a national team, although I want to play, but you're not playing you're not picked or you're waiting and watching, knowing or feeling that you should be playing um, it's like why am I here what am I doing it for could be with my kids, I could as much as I want to play for my country but i am not got a chance to play so a lot of times I felt like wrapping like, like it but obviously I didn't, you know, I kind of kept at it and um, again walked away and uh, bet with Bertie to start with then he started playing as more uh,
0: Did Scotland switch to a four at the back at that point? So there was maybe yeah. a solid position for you to,
1: yeah. to play in? Yeah and I'd, I'd say that I'd, a good seasons uh, there and Celtic were successful um, the, but I think the turn was 2003 uh, we got to the final in Seville with Celtic and uh, and I, my mother wasn't well at the time she, she passed away not long after that. but I came back from after the, Seville we went straight to me up with Scotland for the qualifiers I think we were playing Germany at home and he was playing Morris Ross in front of me uh, but I had to miss a few days I missed her the Wednesday I had to go see my mum and take her to the hospital and I came back and, and, I, and he didn't he played Morris Ross in front of me I just thought what am I doing right. not to, speak to Morris
0: but well Morris uh, Ross must have just been coming through at that point
1: I think I played a wee bit for Rangers um, but that was uh, and I, I, I stayed there obviously when Bertie was there and it was Saturday night I, got, I came back and uh, came late back on Saturday night and went back to mum, and she she only she lasted another couple of days after that. Mm-hmm. You know the changes in that, and the two days that I went away back to Scotland, come back and and seen her uh, deteriorate so quickly. I was so angry myself, not for going back to Scotland, especially when I, when I hadn't played, and I was again angry about that for not for not being there. And then uh, she passed away on the Tuesday, Tuesday morning. Uh, but these, these certain things here, you're missing family stuff. To, to go there and you're not you feel you're not getting appreciated um, but again I came the following year after Seville I was playing year in Scotland again with the sports writers mm-hmm. I had a good season maybe maybe it had something to do with my mother passing away I, I hadn't you know I just got on my job I just focused on that and uh, that was my kind of uh, you know diversion if you like okay. away from not, not having it anymore Um and I got myself back into the Scotland set up at that point and started playing a bit more and I think he liked us then obviously he left and it was Walter Smith mm-hmm. uh, started with Walter and done ok with Walter I liked him mm-hmm. uh, Tommy Burns was there and Coyste. I enjoyed that wee bit there um, before I left Celtic in 2005 uh, and I'd got an injury I'd done my cruise ship and mm-hmm. in between that when I came back it was McLeish and quite that I lay away and I think it was sudden that got on or something. I just look that was that was the end of it for me. I just said look, again he was playing different ones in front of me. I said, look, I will always be there. If you need me, can you i yeah, I'll play I'll come back and play. I'll not retire or stay there. I says, but I'd rather you didn't pick me unless you wanted me. Right, okay. Because I've been through it all over the <laughs> the last number of years since the
0: ninety six. You would have been coming up from mid-30s
1: at that point. I think that's a natural time to start winding down. Yeah, and that's what I said to him. I said, look, the younger ones, you know, to to, to play them. I said, but if you're struggling, you know, I'll always be there if you need me. Um, But it's better to give the younger ones a chance now. Um, So as I said, I had 33 caps, but I must have been in about maybe double that at least in the squads. You know, I'd looked at I get capped before Christian the and stuff, and he's in the Hall of Fame, fifty yeah. odd. And I look at that, and it's it's no bitterness. You know, Christian a good boy, but I think I should have had yeah, a hundred silver medal at least. Yeah, I got twenty five silver medal because I remember oh, we we're, were in Spain. I thought silver was fifty. No, we were in Spain actually, and, uh, and they presented me it was over before we played a, a friendly match, and uh, the press were actually there. and Jackie getting his 25th And then kind of made a wee joke I said that's not bad after 70 squads <laughs> 25 medal, uh, 25 caps But I was Obviously I always felt I should have had more But I suppose every every player That's came through and played national team Would probably think the same I, I think if you don't as a player mm-hmm. Then you've, you've got problems If you think no that's what I should have had Then you're not in the right game
0: Let's discuss Bertie votes a wee bit. How was the Scotland squad atmosphere under him and what was he like as a manager or a coach?
1: Uh, different. Um the first experience we were playing in uh in France, start to France, we got beat five 0 <laughs> Quite an introduction, yeah. Yeah, so um it was uh it was eye opener, uh, because he played a few players like he played I think started off Colin Calder, uh, Colin That's Cameron sorry on in, the right midfield I interviewed
0: Gary Caldwell for this podcast that was his debut yeah
1: in the 5-0 game Aye. Um, well I'd, I was sitting I was on the bench and and he changed at half time he brought on Gary Holt at half time and I was sitting next to Kenny Miller the two of us are sitting there and the ball came past us start started the second half and Gary Holt ran past us and and it was kind of looked at Kenny and the two started kind of laughing and it was like it was like he was running funny you know he's right. was like it was something wrong with him it was like slow motion mm-hmm. and like heavy boots on mm-hmm. and I just heard Bertie Vogt shouting to Tommy Tommy get him off get him <laughs> off now and he just came on uh-huh. so and Tommy went Jake go and get warmed up and we're, I think it was 4-0 at the time so i so me and Kenny are kind of looking at each other and kind of going, he's just come on. He's <laughs> just come on at half time. So I'm running up and down uh-huh. and getting ready. And he's like, and Tommy's like looking at it, going, he's just, how am I going to do this? Uh-huh. Dominic Dominic Mato was playing and he signalled to the bench, uh-huh. oh, sorry, to Gary Holt to say that he was struggling. So Gary Holt said to Tommy, hey, Dom's struggling. And Tommy went you're struggling. And just put his number up and took him off. So Holt, he thought it was a mistake. Uh-huh. But we all knew it wasn't Right <laughs> So So after the game And, there and he's gone round us does all And saying, I, I could see him Telling everybody Even when I was going for him He went Oh he said something, something Oh cheers or something You know Like they've made a mistake It's not, it's the wrong guy coming off yeah. He's injured But we all knew it wasn't Did, did, did they ever find out? <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I don't know it was hard to tell him. But even at the, at the airport I could see him Going round different guys In the media And you yeah. yeah, could see his hands Going up and telling him What was going on And it was a mistake oh, you know, no. we, all, we all we all because we, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he was quite uh, said that that first game I'm he's quite ruthless yeah you know he just came on I don't know how long he was on the park for but it didn't seem like five minutes maybe ten it didn't seem yeah. uh, it didn't seem long at all but obviously <laughs> if you look at it the, the record books it'll probably tell you maybe yeah. ten or fifteen minutes but it definitely didn't feel like it well I
0: think coming on in any game and coming back off without having a very apparent injury it's going to be embarrassing
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. but he obviously he thought it's because it was a mix-up Could be new, different <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that's quite interesting that he was ruthless because I think Bertie votes from the outside seemed like quite an unassuming person like very quiet
1: yeah he was quiet then. and I think the more kind of worked uh, there the kind of liked him a wee bit more I think his record in the, the qualifiers he, I think what he tried to do which in hindsight I think was the right thing to do with the friendlies was to play and see what boys could handle it mm-hmm. but you was know, talking about the coefficient his record in the friendlies was very poor mm-hmm. but he gave people a chance and which I, I would have thought was the right thing to do because you have I think friendlies are for a reason mm-hmm. to to go and test things try different things to you know, to see if they're ready to, you don't know until they're put into that environment
0: there's loads of boys called up on their votes did some of the more established players and I'd include you in that bracket ever have discussions among one another thinking right why is this boy being included here yeah I think you
1: know, they, there's, yeah. there's a few and you look at him and you go god he got his cap for Scotland how did that happen <laughs> he's got one cap this guy's got one cap And um, yeah of course but the method in that you could understand it for a certain The after playing week in, week out, you could say, Right, well, he's going to see if they can handle it. Because you don't know. As I said, he's a manager, obviously, I've been a manager. You don't know until you put them into that into that environment if they can handle it, the, the, the pressure of the, of the country, if you like, in your shoulders.
0: One of the ones that was brought through under Bertie Boats was Darren Fletcher. He mm-hmm. obviously went on to have a great career for Scotland, yeah. uh, appearance wise, anyway. Mm-hmm. What was he like as a young player, and was it noticeable that he had been brought up in a very special environment down at Manu? Yeah,
1: he'd, he'd done well. You know, he was young lad coming in, as you said. Um, quite liked him, nice, quiet, um, got on about his business. Um, I think uh, you could see the understanding of the game, and he was confident, you know. And um, I think that was a real plus at that time, mm-hmm. and it was, uh, he brought through McFadden who was a wee bit of a maverick at that point you know uh, taking people on or try to do something quite different to Fletcher <laughs> D- different yeah but I mean no, no, scared to try things or do things or get on at people or take people on which, which to be honest you don't really see a lot of nowadays it's more pass, pass, pass or, or percentage mm-hmm. rather than somebody actually having the wee bits there in the right moments and obviously not every time it happens But mm-hmm. just to get of people and take people on Which a lot of people like to see
0: Fletcher scored that all-important goal against Lithuania To take us to the playoffs in 2003 Do you remember there being a lot of pressure before that game? Knowing yeah. that it was do or die basically
1: Yeah there was, uh, was a lot of pressure and it was, Again these were tough games um, You know, On paper But tough because we're favourites And we need to win mm-hmm. You know, and that's something we, we struggled before and after, and even to this day we've struggled. But we managed to win uh, a good goal, and obviously the playoffs was was great. The first game, <laughs> <laughs> but again it was the first game. Although we beat them one nil, Hamden, you know they were still good, they still with chances, still they were top players. You know even the bench, mm-hmm. who they left behind, um, and obviously. we, we second game we got demolished over there (laughs) well it was an open draw
0: for that playoff. there was no seeded system so Scotland could have got drawn Latvia, Wales, Norway Russia even Slovenia when you draw Holland is it excitement or dread?
1: Uh, probably a bit of both excitement because you want to play against the best players but you want to qualify so it was a bad draw Mm -hmm. um, for us Um, I know we beat them 1-0 but as I said I don't think any of us even at, at the end of the final, we were just delighted we managed to win one 0 and the fans and mm. it was a great atmosphere. We scored with a corner.
0: Yeah, um, very well worked McFadden and yeah, Fletcher. McFadden, yeah, mm.
1: Fletcher. It was a great feeling to get there, but you know we rode a luck at times and keeper done well, etc. Mm. Um, you know, there was a lot of talking into that, a lot of pressure going into the second game. The press was all in Holland and Holland were under a lot of pressure themselves with Advocate was a manager mm-hmm. uh, and a lot. Of, stars fighting each other and all the rest of it but uh, they turned up one the night and
0: some of the boys that played in the, the first leg anyway, that I looked at Van der Sar, Yapstam De Boer Sedorf, Davids Van Nistleroy Clivert mm-hmm. it's a who's who really, yeah, really
1: isn't it 1-0 was, I mean, was a great result mm-hmm. for us the one game we were alright <laughs> but over two games it was, it was too much of an ask to go there at Ajax Stadium and to lose the goals to Statley that we did was really poor Mm-hmm. you know the free shot to go um, defence had to go and, and close it down and get a free pop uh, it was I think it was Schneider scored the first one and uh, it, the goals there mm-hmm. it was the longest 90 minutes of my career right really?
0: yeah did, it was just, did, did you know from the first goal or two
1: just no when they got there in the second half and they went to to five and to six and then it was still like seemed forever mm-hmm. still to go in a game I don't know when they scored the 6th goal if it was 20 minutes or 30 minutes to go which just like mm-hmm. you know and I've been on the other end of it with Celtic and you're beating teams 5 and 6 nil, and I've never it's the first time I've experienced that as a right. player and uh, obviously didn't like it Were they, um, were they relentless? Yeah because yeah, they had a point to prove mm. you know they were hurting we hurt them after the first game but they had a lot of hurt between their own country the fans expectations you said they were world class players in their team uh, and we lost the goals early and they just grew in confidence had we sustain it but they let them have three shots at goals and uh, it was disappointing
0: Why do you think we got the better of them at Hamden? What separated us that day?
1: I think uh, mentality maybe on both sides they were not sure what to expect they would just turn up and beat us we had the army behind us the stadium the atmosphere was brilliant we put our bodies on the line we'd, you know the mentality of scoring losing a goal there early mm-hmm. then losing another one and knowing that we're not capable of going to scoring two or three goals to go and win a game we never were so I think a combination of things plus the world class players
0: Were you up against Overmars? Yeah Yeah. Must have been a, an game. Yeah it was good
1: <laughs> you know it was a game you're playing against certain players you look at their weaknesses and their strengths and you know, he was strong on either foot. He was quick, low centre of gravity. Um, you know, on the game at Hamden, every time I got it, I got it tight, so he couldn't turn and get at me. Uh, at the, the game uh, the, over there it was different because the odd space and time we were off them too much. Right. So the the whole thing had changed around, and he, he, no matter who's running at you, yeah. and the fact they can go in the outside or the mm-hmm. inside, probably more comfortable now than the inside on his right foot. Easily as good in his life, <laughs> and fast. It's uh, it's difficult.
0: Was that home game the best Scotland atmosphere you played in?
1: Uh, possibly yeah. Um, you no, know, there's been obviously some some good ones, but you know the the Tartan Army, the Scotland fans, were brilliant over the years. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's even going back to the like the World Cup. I always say I Can't wait to. No can wait, but I look forward to when when I'm older mm-hmm. and going to watch Scotland as a fan, at a, a major tournament yeah. <laughs> Still, <wave. We'll> see. <laughs> hopefully in my lifetime. <laughs> as I said, I always thought I would get there as a player again yeah. after '98. You just know, you, you, you thought we must get one, mm. um, but it's it's just crazy how it's how it's turned out.
0: Has indeed. When Bertie votes eventually left, how did you feel?
1: Yeah, I thought it was okay and said uh, there was a, a big uh, sort of a big thing for him to go and people there but there always is mm-hmm. you know that's that's the nature of the beast you don't qualify don't succeed they won't change um, and Walter Smith was, was a safe pair of hands after that it's a logical choice it so, was it Burley?
0: no it was Smith McLeish Burley. aye yeah. Smith came in I think it was 2005
1: Five. I think uh, no aye, it, was. Yeah. it was just before I, uh, was after I left Celtic to go to so
0: right. the, does he have any discussion then with the players who are in and around the squads and, and let you know what his plans are
1: yeah I thought he was he was very methodical I think everything he said you know it's obviously he was the the enemy if you like when he was the manager at Rangers and he up against them but you know we, we see him uh, in close quarters I think he was the best Scotland manager I walked with oh yeah yeah he was better I know Craig qualified um, but just he's he was I think sincere and I think he'd how he described how the game would go it totally happened that way yeah
0: I've heard that a few times. actually you know,
1: it's quite crazy yeah and I thought um, you know and I think when when that happens where a manager or a coach the trust's there right away this is how it's going to go and this is and sure enough, it was. We played really well away we in uh, San Siro. Mm-hmm. It was two Del Piero free kicks that beat us 2-0. And uh, I thought I played okay in the game. And solid enough at right back and some good challenges. And, um, yeah, but I went on a, a, a bad injury during my cruise after eight games at Wolves. And mm-hmm. obviously, this rest is history with, with, with And Then I eventually got back, it was uh, Alex. That's when I decided it was time.
0: But you got on with Walter Smith as a, a manager.
1: Yeah, yeah. aye, it, it, it was good. There was a good atmosphere there as well. I think, I think the the his backroom staff. Obviously, I knew Tommy Burns was one of my biggest influences. In my career mm-hmm. was there, and Alan McCoist I've got a lot of time for. were bubbly, and it was and Tommy's funny. So between Tommy and McCoist, it, it was what well, was quite obviously quite straight, mm-hmm. but a dry sense of humour it, it was a
0: good environment he does look like he has that aura or presence when, when he's speaking people listen mm-hmm. is that accurate when he's getting yeah, his team talks yeah
1: you said I was asked before yeah, you know I think it would be good to before I know it's not it's, it's, it's too far down now for him mm-hmm. but um, it was a safe pair of hands and experience it would have been good to bring him in with a younger one that's up and coming mm-hmm. to go and do it with him and take over uh, at that point I think what he tried to do obviously at Rangers with, with McCoy's taking over mm-hmm. from him he stepped upstairs but um, didn't obviously quite work out the way they wanted to
0: So it came to an end for you at international level when you spoke to MacLeish about your mm-hmm. priorities starting to be with your family
1: as you approached yeah. your mid-30s mm-hmm. and
0: he took that well then, he was okay with that?
1: Yeah, he was brand new as I said at that point there yeah, it's maybe, <coughs> maybe better for him as well you know that yeah, I've got that there if, if I need him um, but you know. well, Alan Hutton would have been coming through at that Alan point, Hutton, think, yeah. yeah, Alan Hutton would have been. Uh, I think that's what it was. I think.
0: Yeah, cause he definitely played in the campaign with France and Italy. So yeah. I, thought, I suppose yeah. so. Yeah. yeah,
1: so it was the right time for me to mm-hmm. step aside. Um, he, again, he was young, but when I was young, I've obviously got that opportunity. Mm-hmm. I felt. So you mentioned earlier that
0: thirty-three caps. Look at a a great haul for Scotland, and if you have ambitions when you're younger to go out and play for your country, yep. you can only be proud of that. But realistically, it could, and you think probably should have been nearer double it. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. It's, but again, if if again if you think about it, there as you said before I was a kid, you're to play 33 times for your country and play in a World Cup, no, no, put your hand off, and yeah. so proud about that, and delighted about it. I think, but obviously what I believed in myself and um, what I'd done in my career and what I'd achieved in my career you know it's kind of maybe under the radar or whatever um, but how I worked against every with every manager at Celtic to be eventually even with Martin when I wanted to leave at times at Celtic because I wasn't featuring under Martin to go and, go and play um, he wouldn't let me go and end up being his captain mm-hmm. so you know it's just it's something I had to do at a very young right. age was to prove people not prove them wrong but just get in there and, and, and show them that uh, I was reliable and good enough yeah. to play did you ever come close to scoring for Scotland? Uh, maybe, maybe another <laughs> G <laughs> no I don't know, I think I remember no I don't think I was, was more Scotland no,
0: that you replay in your head no
1: no I don't think I was No, that I can remember no <laughs>
0: maybe better that way <laughs> Um let's discuss the current situation. It wasn't an ideal start to the campaign as we've touched on already with the Kazakhstan mm-hmm. and uh well the Kazakhstan result and then the subsequent San Marino performance. You were part of a team that won 2 0 in San Marino. What's it really like to have to play a team that are so far down the rankings or the international pecking order?
1: Yeah, well again it's it's the, the mentality thing, isn't it? It's the the favourites and the underdogs, it's you know that, that uh, it's not, it doesn't sit well with. You know, they going people going there, want two, three, four goals, and you've not got that goal in certain bits. But a lot of players, you know, I'd say I was fortunate enough to grow up with the demands and the expectation at Celtic. Even to be honest, at Dunfermline, because Dunfermline were a bigger club in the Champ the League One, and the demands to win there, which helped me when I went to Celtic, because you had to win every game, you had to win it. Mm-hmm. You, know, you had to have the performance, you had to win it. And it's something I'd struggled with when I left Celtic, went down to England, to Wolves. The mentality of my first games away at Southampton. We drew 0 0, and I'm like, we've just dropped two points and angry. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, it's a good point away there. I'm going, yeah. So to get my head around that was difficult. Mm-hmm. But obviously, I'd rather be the way I was, yeah. uh, to win. Um, uh, and I think the same with Scotland. I was just like, right, we need to force us we need to win. Expected to win, um, and I think that's the problem there. the lads there, they're not used to that. Okay. The, the lads are certain ones at Rangers and <clears throat> Celtic be used to it. The ones at top clubs. But even you look at England now. if There's boys playing in England, like obviously Andy's playing at Liverpool. They're expected to win now. Mm-hmm. So he's got that demand. He can yeah. drive it on. Tierney can drive it on. There's other ones there that they might be playing uh, a good side in England, like a. 10th place Take somebody like Ryan Fraser for example Yeah well, well Ryan there So if he goes and beats uh, Man City It's not a shock now You know It's not like a crisis mm-hmm. Whereas if you The boys like If you talk about Dan Fletcher When he was at Man United Back then If he lost to A Leicester It would be a Crisis, right, okay. the demands because, but now that everything's such a close and even more an even playing field, it's not a shock that the bottom of the league can beat the top of the league mm-hmm. in a one off game in England, in the Premier League, and the demands are not there. So, the expectation of every club is, is totally different. They to go it's, it's so many games in England, and I think that's the same throughout. Within Scotland, they've still got the two, I know Rangers are, are still quite a bit away from Celtic but the demands are still there and the expectations are still there so the players at Rangers have to win every game even if it is Celtic or a European game and they have to push it and Celtic players over the last number of years are used to that
0: demands Do you think Do you think that's why then when Strachan introduced a bit of a Celtic core towards the end of his last campaign the results picked up? Because yeah. the players for one are familiar with each other but also have that winning mentality They know they have to
1: win They know that's you know they they can't lie or look around and who's going to drag us out today? They, they brought Scott Brown back at the time and done well because you know it's it's not always this it's not always about the ability about the mental ability is more than the ability now uh, it's become more and more you know you see in the last campaign with England uh, the one before when they struggled they get beat off um, Iceland Iceland minute mm-hmm.
0: twenty sixteen
1: yeah um, they lost the goal. And the, the, the fallout for that, because the English players at that point were not used to demands. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know they go playing the clubs, and and that's probably the first time they've really felt that pressure, mm-hmm. because they don't have it with their club side, but their national team they have it. Mm-hmm. You know, and the fallout, and obviously they've they've regained a lot of credibility after the last campaign, World Cup uh, last last summer, and they got uh, a lot of credit for that. Obviously, they're emerging a bit now. Which, <laughs> but, um, but for, for Scotland's side, it's, it's to have to have the enough players that are used to the demands and used to the winning mentality. Not so much stability. Yes, you need all that, but the, the mental abilities for me is more important at the moment.
0: Well, with that mental attitude, then Scott McTominay is one who's playing at a, a club with a lot of expectations. Man United. Do you see him being able to slot into the? The role that's been left vacant by Fletcher, who's not around the Scotland scene anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think you've seen him playing uh, last night, uh, seen him against Barcelona. He done really well, you know, and it, it'll only help him. There is demands there, even though there's a lot of teams, man. You still, man, you've still got the demands and expectations. Not like it was because let's say there's more and more teams, but he'll have grown up with that mm-hmm. the demands of that have been a united player and that'll only help him and help the national team yeah
0: well there's lots of debates surrounding the manager at the moment do you feel that these next two games will define what happens with him because the SFA have stayed pretty silent or well absolutely silent at the moment nobody really knows if they're backing him or are going to sack him how yeah, do you I,
1: assess I, it? I think the, as I'm saying there's nothing coming out of the SFA I think the, I think that the, you know I think that's a disappointing thing from it. Everybody can see there's there's obviously problems here, but nobody wants to see it. Nobody wants to come out and uh,
0: problems with regards to the way that Scotland are performing.
1: Yeah, I think everything. I think uh, you know you hear about um, different things there. Since you've seen, seen Barry Fegan's put the other week there, and you look at things and you see it and behind the scenes, and you know, and it's but they have to take control. You know that's. The most important thing is the, the, the progression of the, the national team. The players, do I, do I think we've we'll got the players. Yes, I do. The, the, the biggest thing we, we, we're looking at is obviously going scoring goals. Mm-hmm. Defensively, I think we've got enough, but we need the right shape, the right system, the right team. You know, I think the, the other games that I watched, you could see it was just like off the cuff. The, the Israel game away, the, the shape they were doing, and mm-hmm. looked like nobody knew their jobs. Kazakhstan was similar. You know, you looked like looking like for our leadership or our, a game plan mm-hmm. uh, that was clearly missing. It was a
0: very inexperienced defence in Kazakhstan, wasn't it? And I think it, it showed with McKenna uh, and Shinny, who knew each other at club level. But Shinny's not a left back. No, Shinny's not a left back. Yes. relatively uh, uncapped. Yeah. Palmer's debut,
1: you know. Yeah, but again, with the system that they were playing, um, and I don't know if maybe underestimated them. In terms of the shape and the discipline, but um, it was a, a really poor, poor performance. But a really disjointed set.
0: Mm-hmm. How would you like to see things going forward then for Scotland? Do you think a fresh approach is needed?
1: Yeah, I do. I do. I think. Uh, but I think I've been there.
0: I by by, I th- fr- by fresh approach. I mean, new management. Uh,
1: yeah, mm-hmm. I do. Yeah, uh, when people say who, who's the right person? Who's the right person to do it? The national team forward. Um, obviously, that everybody keeps talking about uh, Clark, uh, Steve Clark, and yeah, uh, why not? What What would they uh, what would, put you towards
0: that line of thinking?
1: Just his teams are organised. He gets he's maximised command You know how far can he can take up with limited resources. And but they they all look they all. I don't like when people say oh, they know their jobs. They all look like they know their jobs. The football players, they should know their jobs, and it's a wee kind of annoying thing that you hear. But um, I think his teams know know what they're doing, no matter who they're playing. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's, you know, he's should manager of the year this year in Scotland. He's overachieved last year as well um, for what he's done and and, and maximised the players. And that I, I think we've got the players to do well. Scoring? Yeah, hundred percent. We've mm-hmm. got some great players. If they play them properly In the right positions The right shape That suits the way we want to play And obviously the last week bit of scoring goals who's was a natural goal scorer What's happening with Griffiths He's got to be back He's he got to be fit enough To go and work hard enough um, But you know It's we're quite doom and gloom We got we get so far with, with Gordon uh, We got all excited out. For one it was the same at the yeah. start i have seen the energy in the team i seen pace in the team when he, Before he left He played players As you said He played the Celtic players Like he brought, introduced to Armstrong He played Griffiths for the start But I got the impression It was more just to say They yeah, have played them If it didn't okay. work okay. Rather than actually believe That it was the right thing to do And it was the right thing to do mm-hmm. with, with, with Armstrong there With his energy And his position And Griffiths with his goals But at that point Obviously a lot's happened since then But you play your best players The ones that are
0: doing it was striking fairly similar to Craig Brown in the sense then that he was very loyal to the players that he trusted.
1: Uh, I don't know. I, I, I honestly, don't know where I, It's obviously because I've never worked with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, just from the outside, you know, you're looking at there. obviously, I'm maybe biased for certain players that I've worked with. You know, like uh, Armstrong. Mm-hmm. They have that little bit extra. Well, in my opinion I don't think there's anyone in the
0: Scotland team that can do what Armstrong can do in yeah. terms of breaking forward from midfield
1: yeah, yeah. He's, you know, he's talking about gliding how he glides you know it, dominated, um, it was different from Celtic for obvious reasons You do not have the ball for 80 minutes <laughs> <laughs> we had to win the ball and get him and find a position that he, he could get him he was a number 10 or a, a set midfield. field he, he loved playing centre mid but I had to try and find him space and take away the the, the other side of it, if you like until he understood that and that freedom that he had to go and create and he scored goals and a lovely football player you know eh, all rounder right foot right foot great pace g- g- um, you know and you see him at he's, he's, Celtic he was very good when he was that season when he was fit mm-hmm. and he's had a couple of problems and he went down to Southampton but Southampton now at this but you know, he's been in and out a little bit, he's been injured a bit. Maybe he's the where where he wants to play him, where yeah. Stuart wants to play him, whether that manager trusts him to play him and at that highest level, you know. So but he has definitely got all the attributes to be a, a top player and could see that when I worked with him.
0: Well Scotland seem to be favouring under McLeish just now anyway the four two three one. Do you prefer Armstrong having worked with him as one of the two or in the whole
1: he's I would say in the whole Mm -hmm. because he's he's more creative and he can see things in that final third that wins a game although uh, I like uh, McGregor in the final third I like McGregor in the two as well Mm -hmm. if you had two of them because he has I think you've seen that and when you look at things and as a quote his first touch there's you know the, the Belgium game I think was a prime example of that and uh, Joe McGinn comes to receive it off the goalkeeper and takes a heavy touch to score from it. Mm-hmm. Or if McGregor takes it, his first touch is facing opposition goal.
0: On the
1: half time. Well, yeah, well, McGinn's better, mm-hmm. like you know, attacking and yeah, one of okay. the things he's, he's doing brilliant in the championship just now. One of the things he's creating and because he's he's facing opposition goal and you know he's he's got a good strength, a bit of strong runner and great attitude. McGregor's a an all-round football player you could mm-hmm. play him in different positions He's said obviously be a dream for anybody to play with uh, and to, to manage You know, I tried to sign him uh, when I was at Partick Thistle when he was a young kid on loan? Uh, on a sign? Uh, well no new Celtic but, you know, obviously like that oh time. Right, right. he went down on loan to not in infor- uh, not in right. yeah. but at that age I could see what he had that you mm-hmm. can't coach similar to other ones who work with like Goldie was the same Aye, okay. you, how he you received the ball you, certain things they the vision they've got mm-hmm. and you try to bring other things to his game to change or to help him because obviously they, they tick so many boxes and you look at the things to try and help them get to that top bit um, but the things they did have it's a bit like John you know, John sewer at 16 could take the ball out mm-hmm. and do things that, that's un, uncoachable you could see things and read it and, and people think, well, oh, he had a young boy in the ball, but he was different. And now he's now he's at that time for a centre half to have the the strength in the air mm-hmm. and physicality. Although he was a big boy at sixteen, he was, yeah. a, but he was still a wee boy, you know. Uh, but now he's one ratio in the air, ninety percent in the air. For if you look at his stats now, but he still can do the same things he could do when he's sixteen, and he's played over two hundred games. Uh, in the Premier League in Scotland now he's ready to be a top defender because he started and learned early how far do you think he can go then there's obviously talk of
0: McKenna heading to the Championship do you expect the same or better for Sutter? yeah mm-hmm.
1: I expect better because he's got more in terms of being able to play when you go down the you have a Championship in England, which is a high standard the English Premier League uh, you have to really pass the ball even the goalkeepers <laughs> yeah you know the goalkeepers now have to be exceptional like, in the ball. How they start at the top level, and John has the capabilities to play. You know, you play with certain players, and you're, you're bringing the ball out, and you mm-hmm. play with the players. It becomes easier, and you get to the next level. But you have to be able to do it, control pass, or see things, or have that vision or awareness. Um, and he's got that. And the other stuff they didn't have. You know, he's 16, 17, 18. He's learned. By, by he's making mistakes maybe he make mistakes with me at 17, 18 at United or under Craig and he's done well under Craig at mm-hmm. defensively and now now he's you know an international player
0: ready to go well fair to say then that you're feeling positive about the spine of the Scotland team going forward anyway I think it's fair to say that at the moment Scott Bain has kind of stepped into Alan McGregor's gloves as it were and then you've got Souter I suppose Bates McKenna as well you've still got the experience of Berra and McGrew my personal preference as a midfield three would be McTominay McGregor and Armstrong in front and then Griffiths who knows what's going to happen there but if he's not fit you've got a few youngsters coming through and Jack Harper in Spain just allegedly signed for Getafe who are going mm-hmm. to be playing at least Europa League football next season yeah. so it does look positive we just need somebody who can make them play and achieve their, their capabilities
1: yeah depending on the, the, the right team the right players but I, again it, Everybody else gets a lift from that when it's done properly, you know. If that bit there, you see the the Spiney team. I, I think he talked about Bain. I think there's a number of good goalkeepers now. Obviously, McGregor's coming to later on, but there's the backup there. You know, uh, they've got. I think it's really strong. Um, you know, it's Anna Clark doing well. You've got the Kelly doing That's the right. He was in last squad. Wasn't he? Yeah, McLaughlin There's there's, there's a, a great number of boys that are doing mm. really well. Um, to say that I don't I'm not a it's not like looking and going, What are we gonna do? Where's our players coming through? You look at, you know, uh, Robertson Liverpool at that level but because you can be out and played. You out and played games at League Two and Amateur in Scotland, to Premier, League, to Premier League, to Premier League to Premier League to Champions League by playing and learning, playing against the best playing with and against the best players in the world.
0: I think Robertson is pretty much a shoe and he's the captain of the team he's playing at an unbelievable level does that mean that Keenan Tierney is on the bench or at right back? How would you utilise him?
1: Only if um, he, he, he plays right back the way you want him to I think I think it's wrong to change things to accommodate people mm-hmm. or change there because you've got two great left backs can one play in one or other but again these things need to be worked on you don't know unless you try them it's a friendly, or it's, or you you a few days of practice, but I I, mean, I seen Tierney playing less and a half. I thought he was a different class. Mm-hmm. Is that an option then going forward? Well, d- it depends. Um, he's comfortable off the ball. He's he's quick. I still think he's got he's he's dipped a little bit with his injuries. You know, I think he needs to get back and have a real clear run at it mm-hmm. and to get back to where where he was. Um, but he's more he's played right back, and you know, I thought he had done well when he played right back. And you know, I was a right footed. I played left back the last couple of years at Celtic. Um, it's, it's, you know, it doesn't really make any difference. It's different if you're whipping balls and getting to the byline and, and whipping balls across. But yeah. you were a fairly two-footed player, though. I think. Uh, I, 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 mean, I could swing my left foot and stuff, and uh, <laughs> you know,
0: Just score in the Scottish Cup final yeah, with your left
1: foot. <laughs> yeah, scoring Scotland, scoring Liverpool, the UEFA yeah. Cup. But I wouldn't say I was in. I was brilliant with my left foot. You know, I was. I was okay. I was could always be better um, Tierney, again it's just practice you know, it's practice playing that sometimes you're playing in, in these games now the, the wingers you're up against are coming in their inside on in their stronger foot which obviously helps him when he's left uh, so there's no reason why he can't go and play right until we have a right, a right back that really knows is at that level You know, it's a position that's it's up for grabs just now
0: Let's try and end in on a Positive note, positive note, or otherwise, maybe let's take the Nations League out of the equation. How are you feeling about this qualification group? Then, do you feel that we can still pit Russia to second? Because I think Belgium were going to run away with it.
1: Uh, I'd love to say, yeah. I'm obviously, unless things change, I don't, I don't, I really don't. Uh, I'm optimistic about the future, yeah, um, but the immediate future, unless there's change there I don't, and I'm not, I'm not confident just by what I see and how. It's not just the result, but it's watching in the game and having that. When you watch a game, you can see, you see what they're trying to do. You can see there, uh, this is what the shape is, this is what they're doing. There's a, there's a method there, but it doesn't seem to. In the, the, the last few games, it just seems to go. There you go, go and go and play. Yeah. It should be better than them, or we can beat them mm-hmm. rather than have a real, um, not say purpose, this not the right word, but a real thought process. What, what everybody doing?
0: Strategy, almost. Yeah,
1: yeah, if you like strategy, it's, everybody knows this is what. As a fan or a, a coach or a manager, you can see what they're trying to do, mm-hmm. and I, th- I think that's that was a disappointing thing for Kazakhstan. It was just all became individuals they looked like a team of individuals when things don't go wrong eh, don't go right and I think that was the worrying side that the this, this San Marino game was what it was 2-0 job done yeah. it was, they get booed off there's no as you say didn't look like a real strategy to go on or a purpose or a, a direction from, the, from what we've gone on to so I think the next few games obviously we'll, we'll see what happens if, if eh, Alex is still there um, if they change it or they don't, but I just feel long term, you know that's that's what's going to have to happen to, to really take us forward as a nation. Right.
0: Jackie, that's been absolutely brilliant running through your Scotland career. Actually. thanks very much for coming on the hand yeah, and you Sports Social Podcast Network.